Welcome to The Mountain Gardener with your host, Ken Lane. Gardening can be challenging, but with Ken's tips, tricks, and local advice, you'll reap huge rewards. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. And welcome to this week's edition of The Mountain Gardener. Your host, Ken Lane, here every week talking about the landscapes of northern Arizona. And finally, we've all that snow. We had a foot of snow at the garden center. I don't know, a week ago or whatever, whenever it was, I'm trying to get that out of my mind. This winter has been so long and so hard. I'm just tired of it. I want spring to be here. And, and we're starting to see some leading edges of, of, of gardening. So we went from snow-covered garden center to four truckloads of plants unloaded. And now we look like full-on spring. Of course, this weekend, this is Waters' 61st spring open house. And so we gear up. A lot of it is we put a spring open house so for us, the, the garden center. So we are ready. So we dust and clean and repair tables and stock the place up and the weather may cooperate. It may not. We never quite know, but we get it ready. And then if, if, if the weather is nice, well, Gardeners are giddy. They just, they've been pent up too. They they want to see what's latest, greatest, the newest lilacs. The We've got some funky new uh, cocktail fruit trees, new kale varieties, brand new, lots of lettuces. So houseplants are just in. We've got new fountains out. So we just, we, we load the place up and get it ready for spring. And then we invite our growers at the garden center. And so the folks that grew that lilac, he's here, or their sales rep here is, is here, or the, the, the Western VP of Fertilum, he's here. He, he controls Western half of the country. He's a friend. I just kind of go, you know what? Why don't you come out? And they, they come, they support us. And so they, they, they don't get to see gardeners very often. And so they come just to see what the garden center experience is. They hear rumors of it but they never set foot in a garden center until now. So we invite them and they come out. So it's it's kind of exciting. It, it, you can start planting now as long as you're planting cool things that like the cool season. The, the really, the, there's, there's a few things you really do need to get done like immediately. I mean, like right now, you need to get done pruning everything. So your fruit trees, by the end of the month, you've got two weeks maybe three. Roses need to be pruned now. Uh, your, your perennials need to be be cut back, lawnmowered or, or weed whacked or so back to get rid of all that old spent grungy uh, growth. Get it back and you'll see that they're already starting to grow. Uh, you're starting to see heavily budded your euphorbias. Uh, you go for spurge and some of these others. Uh, moms are starting to come up already. Uh, the bulbs are starting to emerge now. They're not maybe not in bloom, but they're they're wanting to go, and so the ground is now thawed. I know it had some snow on it, but it wasn't frozen. It was just now moist, so they're really taking off. So get done with pruning roses. People keep asking roses. Should I prune roses? Yeah, get it done. You're you're under pressure at this point. You've waited too long. Get it done. After you get done with that, I would say with this the amount of moisture we've had. If you don't put weed and grass stopper down, 
you are going to be a slave to weeding this year. I mean, just there's a there's a granular product you spread out like fertilizer over that rock lawn, or through around the rose beds, through the flower gardens, down the driveway, to, along the fence lines, wherever you see weeds. And it, it 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 melts down into the ground. It creates a barrier of about oh, three four inches, where the seed cannot germinate. So they'll start to send off that taproot, and then it burns it right off, keeps it from going. It doesn't sterilize your soil, so you so you you can throw it right underneath your cherry trees. Not going to affect the cherry tree, only the weeds that grow underneath it. If you don't get this down now, you are going to be in for a world of garden hurt. You're going to be, you better have so many hoes and shovels ready to go because it's going to be ferocious. The weeds are going to be terrible. Uh, for me, one of the banes of my existence in gardening, I love gardening. I do not like weeding. And so this is what I put down. I put it down now and I put it down right before the monsoons come. Usually uh, end of June, July, you put it down then and you won't have, that's when the tumbleweeds, the goat head, the, all the nasty weeds come up in the summer. You're putting this one down now for foxtail, uh, dandelions, all the winter weeds. So put it down immediately. And they're like, I can't, you need, you're under pressure. Get it done. What you'll find too, the weather's warmed up enough. Really keep an eye out. I haven't seen them yet, but I know they're coming. By the end of the month, they always show up. Watch for aphids. So there's a tree aphid that gets onto apples, cottonwoods, poplars, aspens. There's the softer, faster growing things. They love the taste of plums and fruit trees. Kind of watch for them. You'll see this shininess. This uh, We call it uh, aphid. It's aphid poo, basically. Honeydew is what the is the kind word for for it, but it's it's just aphid poo coming out the back end. They're sucking the sap out of your trees, and you'll see the rocks underneath those trees will get glistening. They'll get on some pine trees. I see them on uh, ponderosas. In fact, I've already seen some on ponderosas, so I take that back. They are out. They're just in the top of the trees. And I can't see them yet, but I see that glistening. It gets on. It makes the. Uh, uh, the, the paint on your car sparkle in a bad way. So if you see that, it's easy to kill them. You put it down a spray, it knocks them right out. Probably triple action or something, just wipes them right out. But just know that's what's coming and be aware. Don't, don't be surprised. They happen every year, they show up. The one I can't emphasize enough right now, if you have not fertilized the entire landscape, you you need to get this done by the end of the month. March is a is this the spring feeding is when you feed any time in the month of March. Fertilize everything, and let me. It's, this is confusing. You, know, you go up to the to the Walmart or Depot or Lowe's box stores wall of fertilizer. It is you're dumbfounded. You do an internet search, you're even more dumbfounded. So we make our own fertilizer. We only sell one. Well, we sell two. We sell one for fruit trees and berries and grapes and vegetables. But, but mainly the main one is all-purpose plant food. It's 744, all-purpose. It's granular. It's organic. It's it's spreadable through a hand spreader. We've done all the math, all the work. You don't have to mix or blend anything. You put one application down, and it will last the entire spring season. That, and it's organic, so it breaks to the plant, absorbs all of it. Whereas some of these synthetics... Oh, they are not, don't use synthetic fertilizers. First of all, you shouldn't be throwing petroleum product chemicals out there in your, in your yard. I don't care how safe they say they are. They're not. 
Your dog is not going to be happy. The birds are not going to be happy. Organic and natural foods are the way to go. They're safer for you and your pets and your birds, and they're better for your plants. Synthetics will actually burn the worms. They, they get rid of the beneficials that grow around your, your the roots of your plants. Organics don't do that. They encourage it. So spread all-purpose plant food around the yard by the end of the month, and it will fertilize plant. It goes right to the rock, goes right through the fabric, goes right through in between all the boulders and does all the magic for you. But the plants will look better. They'll bloom better for you by fertilizing. I can't emphasize that enough. For me, I spread all-purpose plant food down and I got a bag of sulfur. I did them both at the same time. So I'm lowering the pH, changing the chemistry of the, of the, of the soil, and I'm fertilizing the plant. That combo in spring is like <laughs> magic for, for bloom, lilacs and for scythiad, evergreens. It just really goes. I'm top dressing all of my flower beds. So perennial beds, I've pruned them back. Then I'll throw a layer of, what I'm doing is I'm taking the premium mulch, it's compost. I'm just putting a two, three inch layer. There's a couple things. It As these plants start growing, the, the ground is still gonna heave. That is it, it freezes at night and then, then thaws during the day. You get this sponge effect. And so I, I'm, I'm just top dressing that to keep the roots that are growing, the, the perennials that are coming up, the peonies are coming up. I'm just keeping them from being damaged. Keeps the frost off, keeps weeds down, keeps the moisture in. There's a lot of benefit. Two, three inch layer of compost does great. The number one thing you should do if you've got evergreens, bar none, pine scale and bark beetle, we are in their territory and they like to eat your evergreens. So there's a product called Tree and Shrub Drench. It's a liquid. Anyone can do this. You do not need to be an arborist. You simply mix it up in a five-gallon bucket or watering can at the recommended rate. You, you pour it right, right where the trunk meets the ground, right where that crown is. The plant will actually absorb that underneath the bark, go up through the structure of the tree and takes out scale, takes out bark beetle, keeps them healthy. What application lasts for an entire year? You, just, you really, if you've got evergreens, pine, spruce, fir, if you've got evergreens, especially natives, you really need to do this by the end of the month. Got a lot in store for you, but we got to have Lisa Waters Lane coming in right after this. Taking a break. We'll be right back. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane, owner of Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Join him every week for timely garden advice right for the gardens. Visit Ken where he can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. 
You've been listening to Ken Lane, the Mountain Gardener. Green thumbs learned while working in the Family Garden Center. Now welcome back to the Mountain Gardener. And we are back with Lisa Waters Lane coming in the studio each week with your garden questions. Just what are people talking about in your neighborhood? It's not one garden does not make a show. It's, it's an entire neighborhood, <laughs> whole town. Actually, a lot of folks go, yeah, but I'm from Prescott Valley. You're still the same. Yeah, but I'm from Chino Valley. Uh, you're the same. But I'm from Camp Verde, Cottonwood. You're, we're all the same. It might be one zone. I mean, Dewey Humboldt's maybe a zone eight. Mm-hmm. But they still need plants that, that get, they still saw oh, snow yeah. this last week. They, they yeah. need plants and go down to at least 15, 20 degrees. Mm-hmm. So it gets serious cold. Prescott needs plants and go down to five degrees. It's all about the same. What's funny is that uh, Verde Valley area, they get they all that cold air kind of settles in on them right. and just goes after them. So we're all in this together, folks. And if your neighbor is seeing something, it's soon to be in your neighborhood, your backyard gardens, too. So welcome to the studio, Lisa. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Always good to be here. You've got your, your you and your team have uh, resurrected a garden center from a bone pile covered <laughs> in snow yeah. to now we're just jamming. The place is right. packed full with plants. It's an amazing transformation. <laughs> just overnight. I can't even tell you how different it looks right now. And it's just you gotta come check it out. Just so many plants, so many beautiful evergreens, uh, shrubs. Oh my goodness. Inspirational. I noticed uh, that because at a, a, a different meeting across town, and I'm sitting there with a board member. We're just talking, mm-hmm. waiting for the meeting to start. He goes, Ken, my peonies are starting to come up. I'm yeah. going, oh, mine are too. <laughs> 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 so we're starting to see things right. grow. They aren't in bloom. They were just starting to come out of the ground. Yeah, which is exciting for gardeners. So oh, definitely, we're seeing that all. And we're seeing the same thing with the peonies that are here. At the garden mm-hmm. center, they're, they're starting, they're starting to, to show their eyes. They are you know? very exciting. Yeah. So, what are people talking about? What are they asking? Uh, all kinds of things. So, our first question is from Megan in Prescott. Megan? She needs to reseed her lawn. Um, okay. She's not sure what type of grass is in there currently. She wants to know when's the best time to reseed. And if you're not sure of the type of grass, what do you use to reseed with? All of the above. <laughs> so, yeah. So, there's so it's super easy, Megan. Here you go. Is the grass green right now? (laughs) If it is, you've got a cool season grass. Mm -hmm. If it's brown right now, you have a desert or summer grass, a Bermuda, Mm -hmm. buffalo, some of these others. I'm assuming she's got a cool season grass. That's mainly what we grow up here. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be a fescue, bluegrass, ryegrass. That's pretty much, that's what you're going to have. One of those three, and it's probably a blend of all Mm -hmm. three. And they look really, really similar. So... Um, I would say come in. We've got both those mixes. Mm-hmm. We can advise you. If you really want to match it exactly, dig up a, a patch, put it in a box, bring it in. We'll ID it in a heartbeat. Uh, or we can go look at the blades and go, yeah, it's fescue. That's going to be good. If you've got dogs, things that are roaming around, mm-hmm. you're spotting the fescue. That's what you want. It's a deeper rooted. If you want soft, roll around the grass and kick the ball with the kids, that's probably going to be fescue <laughs> or bluegrass. So the press around yeah. the courthouse is called Prescott blend. We've mm-hmm. got that one. So it's a little bit 
takes more water, mm -hmm. but more care, but it's soft as can be. Fescue is a little bit stiffer, not much really, uh, but it doesn't take that. It, it takes less water, doesn't get spotting. Now we go back to um, when. Yeah. March and October are your two best months, bottom line, to start to overseed, start sawed new mm -hmm. grass. So if you're going to extend, extend seed and over a, a bare spot, now is your time. You cannot think, yeah, but Ken, it just snowed. That's perfect for seedlings. They right. love that. Yeah. That's why you're going to see your wildflowers and wild grasses just go berserk. Mm -hmm. they, this is their time. You can start it now. They'll germinate fast, and there's less pressure on the watering. You can do it in May and June, but it's hot and dry. Yeah. So you got to be spot on with that watering. Mm -hmm. You're probably watering multiple times a day. Right now, not that pressure's off. So now's the time you put your seed, rake off the thatch, put down your seed, put it on a maybe a quarter inch layer of the premium mulch. It's so mm -hmm. a screen down, real fine compost. Put that over top, water it in real deep, make sure it doesn't dry out, and pray that it stays like this kind of weather and it'll be germinated within I don't know, a week. You'll yeah. see green go, no. I am such a gardener. Look, <laughs> I tuned in to the mountain gardeners. They told me to start it now, and eh, look at what has happened. Mm -hmm. Very true. There you go. Megan, all right. you're all set. Come in. We got a handout. We yeah. can help you. Whether you're reseeding or starting fresh, March is a now, great time to do it. Now's the time. Yeah. All right. Next question is from Ron and Chino. Uh, they were looking for large screen trees to okay. do a block of the neighbor. They thought they wanted the landy cypress, came in to look oh, for them, didn't yeah. see them. Yeah. Good. But they do not want Arizona cypress. What okay. else would you recommend? Oh, easy. Yeah. So so the reason you don't want, we, you'll never find Leland cypress. You'll find them in the marketplace. From one friend to another, you do not want to plant those in your yard. It will die mm -hmm. within five years, guaranteed every tree to the planet. There's a canker. There's a disease going around that's taking them out. So very established, ancient trees, big trees are being obliterated. And, and there, it just goes right down the line. There's no preventing it. And so we we stopped selling that tree I don't know, 10 years ago because yeah. we saw this coming. Arizona cypress is the natural carryover because it's just like a Leland cypress, 20 foot tall, 12 foot wide, but it's blue. They probably don't like the blue. Right. So they want green. Mm -hmm. Let me give you green. Ron, let me give you green out here. <laughs> so Leland cypress is, is the bright, bright green I don't know, high teens by 12. A Spartan juniper is very similar. Mm -hmm. now, I don't want juniper. It gives me pollen. Well, <laughs> not only the males do. We only sell female Spartan right. junipers. So they don't give you the pollen. Mm -hmm. And they're prettier. They're fuller. They're more mm -hmm. voluptuous. They, they fill in better. So they're a better choice. That's one Italian cypress. Mm -hmm. um, skyrocket junipers. There's a whole series. I would even Taylor. go so far. What's that? Taylor Juniper. Taylor. Per, good another good one. Mm -hmm. Nice and green. I would also suggest, look at your pine trees. So yeah. Austrian pines. It gets, mm -hmm. gets a little taller than 20 feet, maybe 30 feet by, I don't know, 15 feet wide. But nice screen. Right. Nice straight trunk, swooping branches, mm -hmm. long needle. Yeah. And it doesn't get the bark beetle and some mm -hmm. of the issues that the ponderosas or pinya pines do. Right. So you've got a good, strong, fast-growing pine tree mm -hmm. that adapts well. It takes our wind. Yeah. It's another good screening. So that's one. Ron, you need to get down to the garden. So get it. Get <laughs> off. Get 
get from behind that computer. Stop typing on the keyboard. Come in and see us. We'll give you the grand tour. Let's yeah. just see what's out there. Okay. Now's a good time to put them in too, oh, by the way. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, I think we got time for one more. So Lori in Prescott Valley wants to know, what are your thoughts Ooh. on transplanting a shrub rose that's been in the ground two years, but putting it into a container? Yeah. So, so Lori, you, you can do that. Yeah. I'd say two years. I thought she's going to say an ancient old grown <laughs> rose, which roses yeah. have, have roots that go down to China. Though. You can't dig them out. It's just right. not worth it. But two years, that's probably very doable. And now's a good time to do yeah. it. So get as much as I would probably trim it, cut it back down to about knee high, maybe three to five canes. So cut back some of that foliage mass mm -hmm. so that the surviving roots, you're going to sever roots. Those remaining roots can support the amount of top growth. Right. Going, uh, dig it out, get it to your pot, come in and get a bag of Waters potting soil. That's going to be a mix. It's light and airy. It will root out very nicely into that soil medium. Mm -hmm. uh, and then I would also get a, a bottle of root and grow. It's a um, it's a compost tea that we make, but but mm -hmm. it's really helpful for, for transplant shell. Oh, yeah, definitely. So dig it up, put it in, put fill in the remaining area with water's potting soil, water it in really well with root and grow, pray over it, play it <laughs> Beethoven, and all that other stuff gardeners do. And then it probably will take, I mean, just almost 100% take for you just because your timing is so, March is your time you do all this Definitely. transplant stuff. So yeah. with that, we're out of time. Okay. Thank you, Lisa. Appreciate yeah. that. So great questions this week, folks. Stay tuned. We'll take a break and be right back after this. You're listening to Ken Lane, a.k.a. The Mountain Gardener. Ken can be found throughout the week in Prescott at Waters Garden Center. Listen each week as he answers timely garden questions unique to mountain gardens. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Prescott Pansies, Mountain Heath, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Oklahoma Redbud. Oklahoma Redbud grows to just 16 feet tall. This local native is super easy to grow. Vibrant red flowers cloak the branches of early spring. Luscious heart-shaped leaves emerge with a soft pink tinge that matures to a vibrant green. Shop the brightest blooming trees in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe in picking apples and pears fresh from the tree at Waters Garden Center. If life is a bowl of cherries, why not make them the biggest, sweetest cherries ever? Waters Garden Center is super excited to introduce our new organic fruit and vegetable plant food. This fertilizer has the bonus of added calcium that gives fruit trees and veggies an extra boost to produce healthy, abundant crops. Feed your plants now to help them thrive and grow more fruits than ever in just $27 for a 20-pound bag. Save natural, organic, fruit and vegetable plant food only at Waters Garden Center. You've been listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Join the conversation every week as he answers timely garden questions. Email Ken a question directly from your phone to his desktop through the web at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Now welcome back your host, Ken Lane. So this question came in. Ken, when should I print my roses? Uh, from, from a good friend and great rosarian. He just forgot. He said, do I wait till spring? That's next week. Or do I, can I do it now? The answer to that is very easy. Roses are the last thing you prune in the yard, the spring bloomers. Uh, usually the month of 
March, anytime. It doesn't matter. There is no exact day for pruning that is best. Pruning is mainly about the pruner, you, the gardener. What's comfortable for you? When do you have the time to do it? So I just finished my Cecil Bruner Rosers. These are gigantic, magnificent climbing roses or big uh, grandiflora type of rose. These are, they were 10 feet tall and equally as wide, big swooping branches. They're used to divide the property lines between my neighbor and I. They're beautiful and we love them, both of us. I prune them up. I keep them in check. Otherwise they take over. And so I've taken the last three weeks to prune these three bushes, one bush per week. It wasn't, I did them all at once. The reason I didn't do them all at once, I had the time. I didn't have the trash space. So I found that in our house for a husband, wife, we don't generate that much trash. So over half of that can in the city of Prescott was open. And so I thought, oh, that's just about the right amount for cut this down, take those, bend them, break them, put them in the trash can. And you can get about one of the bushes in each trash can. That's what I've been doing for the last three weeks. I mean, when I get done last week, <laughs> the can was overflowing. You could barely, if it was windy at all, the top would just flop right open going, I have nothing but rose branches. But when I got done, the structure, you can see through it, I'll have less disease, less pack rats. I can fertilize easier. I can maintain them easier. And... They never quite get out of hand. Every year I prune them back pretty hard. Otherwise, you're going to get a maintenance bill. You're going to have your maintenance guy come in going, oh, this is going to take about oh, three days to prune it, prune all this stuff, clean your yard up. That'll be about $3,000. Well, I, I just, I don't want a $3,000 bill. I want free. And if I take my time and put a little bit in the trash can each time and I keep up with this rose, if I let that Cecil Bruner rose or a big Lincoln rose or, or a big climbing rose or a butterfly bush or, or red tip photinia, any of these fast growing plants, if I let them go for several years in a row and I don't keep up on the annual pruning, you get these huge expenses. They're just difficult and they take years to recover from butchering this plant. If you can give it a decent cut cleanup every spring, you'll find you never have to figure out how to get back to baseline. You're just naturally keeping up on this plant. And your plant is healthier. They're happier. Plants like to be pruned on because uh, that keeps the air flowing through them. They don't have leaf spot as easy. Birds can't get in there and peck away at the at the bark. The rats can't come down and scrape the bark off. The things can't roost in there that shouldn't be there. Uh, the javelina aren't going to burrow under and just make a nest down there and, and, and sleep in your, in your backyard underneath your big red-tipped photinias. So it's good to keep up with them. If it has gotten away from you, or if you actually got into a situation where you bought a house, the folks got a little older and they couldn't keep up like they used to, and they didn't hire hired it hired that uh, service out, and you, it's just overgrown. Come talk to us; we can show you how to clean them up. And secondly, if you just there's some projects they're, they're just too big for you. We we've got some names of preferred or. or contractors, they don't pay us to be on this list. It's just customers have told us they like them. So we're going, oh, that's good enough. Good reference. Or we see they're shopping regularly here at the garden center and they seem to bring their 
their customers with them. They seem to be engaged or they know a few things about plants. Those are all the ways that we curate our um, contract or referral list. It's not that they, they pay us to get on. It's not that we ask them if we can put them on. It's just it's kind of organically come together. Uh, so that that's one. If you need a big cleanup, big trees, I would say Johnny's Tree Service. They've got the arborist side of things. And also they've got another division that the other brother kind of runs. These are all family companies that runs the other side that does landscaping. So if you need more rock slung, that'd be Johnny's Landscape Service. If you've got a big fruit tree project or the roses are just way too big, or you need to take down a tree that's kind of the limbs have died, or that willow tree is just leaning dangerously out over your roof line. That'd be Johnny's tree service piece. So that that's kind of how, and there's different folks. We've got bird catchers, bee, bee, bee people, all kinds of folks. Big tree jobs, small garden jobs, all on the Waters Preferred Contractor List. Lisa Waters Lane comes in the studio to give her take on her style of gardening uh, from her unique perspective right after this. The Mountain Gardener, your source for timely garden advice right for higher elevations. Guaranteed to make a difference in your yard this season. Fruit cocktail trees turn any backyard into a veritable farmer's market. At Waters, we've grafted onto one tree different types of cherries apples and pears for easy backyard fruit picking. These small fruit trees grow in containers just off the patio in smaller yards. Anyone can grow a fruit cocktail tree. You'll find braided cocktail trees with multiple fruits beautifully braided into one tree. Fruit cocktail trees are ready to plant at Waters Garden Center in Prescott and watersgardencenter.com. We believe in family, church, community, and friendships here at Waters Garden Center. Hi, Lisa with the Plants of the Week and our Austrian Pine. We have instantaneous trees just in and ready for planting. This pine has the same long needles as our Ponderosa Pine without all the problems. And these trees are really big and bold. This is the fastest growing of the pines and lots of sizes to choose from. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love big, bold pines, they love to shop. You're listening to The Mountain Gardener with local expert Ken Lane. Mountain gardening is very rewarding with a few of Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts sure to turn your thumbs even greener. Now welcome back to The Mountain Gardener. And we're back with Lisa Waters Lane in the studio. We give her this segment just to talk about whatever she sees in the gardens. And then shares it across well, basically all of northern Arizona. This broadcast over eight different towers, terrestrial airwaves, traditional terrestrial. airwaves, and of course the internet, which is not terrestrial. That's in the cloud, wherever the, the cloud the is. Ethernet. But it's not Earth based, <laughs> so it's kind of and all everything in between. We got over twenty thousand downloads just on our podcast. Wow. So it's it's trending. We have over a million downloads on our YouTube channel. So a lot of these are uploaded yeah. to YouTube and then come backs. So it's uh, people that are looking for local garden advice for the mountains of Arizona can find it easily here at Waters Garden Center. <laughs> there you go. It is true. We're kind of in a weird little pocket here. It and it is very different. If you're from different parts of the country and you come here, 
it's a it's a change. I talked. I was just helping someone from New Jersey. Said, New How Jersey. do you find New Jersey from New Jersey <laughs> from here? So uh, that's a terrible East Coast accent. Horrible. I apologize. <laughs> uh, but uh, I said, how do you find it? Well, I've got family here. So oh. There's that connection okay. somehow. Yeah. And how they get here? Well, she married a guy that was raised <laughs> here, and so she came. What? So it's kind of this. Oh, okay. We're known throughout the country, but yeah. we're not like the East Coast. It is. Oh more acidic, mm -hmm. uh, they warm up slower, lower altitude, uh, we're more, more alkaline, dry, uh, we know it's not dry right now, but it will be, <laughs> May and June is kind of our hardest months right. to grow things, because mm -hmm. it's, it's hot, southwest sure. wind, 10% yeah. humidity, things have brand new growth coming out, so it's getting to just the altitude, just the brightness, mm -hmm. the sun is more intense because there's less uh, atmosphere to kind of diffuse some of that right. so that makes a difference for our california folks so they're Definitely. growing those japanese maples in full sun there here we don't do that it's more shade mm. so you'll learn those lessons right. that's the that's the goal of this show mm -hmm. is to help you make less mistakes right. so you're making mistakes in the right direction that way. <laughs> okay and planting the right things Definitely. So speaking of planting the right things, so we are, we're going to talk about our spring blooming trees. Oh, so we're perfect. almost yeah. there where a lot of those trees are going to be showing off their, their spring yeah. blossoms. Um, so to me, the premium one that I always love is the red buds. Red buds are those ones that typically usually have that really dark pink fuchsia color to yeah. it. Uh, they're probably one of the first ones to bloom. Yeah, they're right up there. So okay. the very first I always thought of was purpley plum okay. instead of lighter pink yeah. with the purple foliage. That's true. They're probably first. And then it's they're right after that. Yeah. It's a serious, then then Bradford pears. It just goes right down the line. It's like right. an eruption. Yeah. So, but they're just they're so dramatic because they just really catch your eye because the color is just so striking on them. Um, but there is one red bud that actually has white blooms. Get out of here. I did not know that. Yeah. So the the vanilla twist. Oh, that's interesting. So okay. it's kind of a really cool tree because it does the white blooms and it does the green leaves after it blooms. But it also has the twist part of it. So it's not just your straight out branches. So it's boring. Kind of curly branches that kind of weep down. So it has a lot of uh, interest just within the tree. You want your trees twisted just like your people. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. That was terrible. So yeah, just a little bit different having that white blossom on there. Uh, Ruby Falls That's is pretty. another one that weeps. It's a weeping red bud, uh, dark pink blossoms, but it has kind of the purpley leaves on it, kind of like the Merlot has the yeah. purple leaves. So those two are a little unique. Uh, you know, it's not your standard Oklahoma, Eastern Minnesota. Um, the other one that's really unique is the flamethrower which has the same dark pink blossom, but the leaves as they emerge on the branch come out different colors. So you'll get orange and purple and green. So yeah. it's just a very unique tree. So red buds are a true native. There's, there's a variety that grows wild here, mm -hmm. just out in the forest. It gets bright pink, has a little bit smaller leaf to it. So the Mexican or Western red bud, mm -hmm. it does well, which means it and all of its cousins grow well here. So this, this is a plant that grows throughout Northern North America. And so when we're finding it's so hardy, so easy to grow that we're finding new ways to cross pollinate right. and, and make new varieties. And these are some of the new varieties, latest, mm -hmm. greatest out like flamethrower. You're only going to find it here. So mm -hmm. we, we've 
we secured just a few because it's a brand new introduction. But that uh, bright flower with that new yellow gold growth with the red tips, it's really cool. It's really neat, but super hardy in a dry climate. Mm -hmm. And the beauty with red buds, they don't get that big. True. So even for the smaller uh, yards, mm -hmm. smaller lots that are that are coming Good out, size for it. you can find you could put that in the front or backyard, even mm -hmm. just off a patio in a container, mm -hmm. and it would be fine. Interesting fact: they're from the pea family. Yes, and you can actually yeah. eat the flowers. You can they're very edible, edible very delicious. Oh, if you want to, but you could. No, I've eaten them. They're they're, they're sweet. They're sweet tasting. Yeah, <laughs> figures yeah. you would. Heart shaped leaf, kind of yeah. about the size of well, I don't know what that is. Bigger. A big post-it note. Is that good enough? <laughs> That'll How do you work. describe that size? So I would say come in and check those all out because there's yeah. even more varieties than we've mentioned here. So yeah. you got to check those out. Um, I wanted to mention we got some multi-trunk uh, Canada red choke cherries. Ooh, that's unusual. Very unusual to have the multi-trunk yeah. in it. So they bloom white in the spring. Uh, they leaf out kind of a, they leaf out green and then they kind of turn to purple, purple yeah. as they mature. A very drought hardy yeah. tree for here does very, very well. But we've gotten them in in the single trunks in the past. It's the first time I've seen the multi trunks. So it could be really pretty out in the yard. That's another native. Mm -hmm. So that's one of the first ones you'll see a, a tree blooming white just out in the wild. That's a choke cherry. Mm -hmm. So this is a variation of that. And usually they're single trunk to have multi. This is large vase shaped yeah. sh big shrub be great with a chase tree or some of these oh, yeah. uh, uh, desert willows mm -hmm. super and once you get them established yeah they can go on their own they're right. fine butterflies hummingbirds love them mm -hmm. uh birds it's a tractor to birds it's a great yeah. plant for here right they actually produce a fruit correct yeah. Yeah. uh am i wrong rarely no no okay. rarely do they produce a fruit okay. so sometimes my bad freakish spring but usually <laughs> not same with purple leaf plums sometimes right. they can form a fruit but generally uh, the frost will take always. them out. yeah uh crab apples yeah that's so a good one. crab apples are a beautiful tree for here um we get the spring snow which is a white one that is sterile so if you don't want any crab apples at all spring snow and it actually has a very nice fragrance to it yeah, as it well uh, but we also have perfect purple we have uh prairie fire um i think three or four different ones out yeah. there so they do produce a crab apple but it's not the old like your grandparents yeah. had crab apple it's very small great for the birds yeah anyway. they like it yeah my so i used to pick crab apples with my grandmother mm. up in the appalachian mountains uh so it makes me sound like a hillbilly or something. But anyway, uh, we packed, but it was a big, it was like a miniature apple. I mean, mm -hmm. it was a big, and she'd make jams and preserves. Right. We'd go up in old orchards that were 200 years old and pick these. These, we bred that fruit out so that's either ornamental, mm -hmm. very tiny, cute thing. Right. So it's got a bright red. We're, we're, we're producing it for small and bright colors mm -hmm. that the birds are attracted to, right. but they're not messy. Mm -hmm. Or we bred the, the, uh, um, the fruit all, out all together, like the snow drift or snow, whatever that Spring is. Snow. Spring snow, yes. <laughs> but crab uh, apples, I think, have the brightest of mm. all. It's a truly purple flower, purple yeah. uh, crab apple. I mean, it's bright. I mean, purple. It's intense. The fall colors bright orange mm -hmm. when it turns in that fall. It's they've got extremes. They're just beautiful trees yeah. that with an umbrella shaped kind of a miniature. They Shade don't get real tree kind of look. Do no, they, they don't get a big. smaller tree. Yeah. yeah. And very tough. Very mm -hmm. easy. They take our 
our, our wind. They take our alkaline, alkaline, our crummy soil. Yeah. So the most famous ones when they when they bloom downtown Prescott, there's yeah. a bunch of crab apples down there. Right. There will be a wave of customers coming and going. What is it? I want one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a crab apple. Well, no, it's not that. I'm going. No, I'm telling you. I that's I know what you're talking about. Yeah. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. So crab apples, but they're a good tree for here. Right. Yeah. Right. Easy to plant. Easy to grow. Definitely. There's more than that. So, Lots but more. we're out of time. Mm -hmm. It is a good time to plant trees. Yeah. They're not. They're heavily budded. Mm -hmm. Starting starting to show color. But now's the time when you want to put those in. And I say right. the next month really is okay. ideal. Kenelisa Lane, the Mountain Gardeners. Right back. Yes. Look for more tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts through Ken's website. Podcast the show, read his weekly garden column, or follow him on Facebook and Instagram at watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. We believe searching waters plants are better than a Google search at Waters Garden Center. Waters Garden Companion Plants of March are Oklahoma Redbud, Mountain Heat, Rosemary Creeper, Fanciful Forsythia, and Prescott Pansy. Prescott Pansy's giant three-inch flowers thrive in extreme March gardens. Large velvety blooms dazzle with radiant colors of blue, violet, yellow, and variations of stripes that look like smiling faces and love being planted in March. Shop the brightest spring flowers in-store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. Hi, Ken here with the Finds of the Week and our Deodore Cedars. A standalone tree so beautifully shaped it's referred to as the Christmas tree. Fastest growing of the evergreen trees used for quick screens, windbreaks, and privacy. Graceful arches sweep through the landscape in colors of blue to green from the stately tree. An evergreen lover's dream for fast, thick growth. Waters Garden Center, 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. For people who love majestic evergreens, they love to shop. Welcome to the Mountain Gardener with Ken Lane. Gardening in the mountains is different. Listen to Ken's tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts guaranteed to make your gardens more beautiful than ever this year. Now for better advice that works locally, welcome your host, Ken Lane. So now the trees that we're going to have. So, so no one does trees really well in the Central Highlands. This is Sedona to really Kingman, Payson to Prescott, and everything in between north of Anthem to, to Williams. There, there, no one does trees. I mean, just dedicates room to trees because they're expensive. They're big, and it takes some expertise to pick those, grow those, and so they're complicated. So we thought, oh, that's something a small independent garden center could focus on and really dominate the market. So we we had like a thousand trees show up. And that's our thing. From fruit trees, a whole section is probably a quarter acre of nothing but fruiting plants to another quarter acre of nothing but shade and ornamental plants. And there's even more evergreen trees like spruce and pine and fir. We've even got a section of nothing but privacy plants. So here are the big evergreen things you plant to not have to see your neighbor anymore. We'll make them disappear this season. Uh, there's different, that's kind of our, our specialty. This year, there's, there's a weakness in vines. No one does vines really well because vines typically grow too fast for retailers. They, they just, they take more maintenance. So you have to nip and tuck and take, you know, they have to nurture them. Most, most garden centers aren't plant people. They're just retailers. You know, get them in, get them out. They're here for more than a few days. They overgrow and they're no good and they're stressed out and you don't want to buy those. 
Well, vines, that's something we can dominate on. It's specialized. But in the mountains, there's enough erosion. There's enough blank walls. What came to mind, a friend of mine bought a brand new house. The backyard is rock with cinder block walls about five feet high. You can just see over them to all the neighbors. I'm going, and then it's sterile cinder block. I thought I was in the eastern Russian block or something. It's just, just stark. And I'm going, you you really need some tall shrubs or some vines. You need some vines. Vine, vines. No one does vines well in this, in this central highland area. So this year, we are going to absolutely dominate. We're going to have a vine section from grapes and blackberries and raspberries to Virginia creeper and Boston ivy and wisterias and... It's going to mesmerize the number and assortments and sizes and varieties of vines that will grow in the mountains of Arizona because no one, that's something a small independent can really do and do it well like no other box store ever dreamed of. They wouldn't want to. And so we can, we can come out and be the experts in that. And that's kind of how, we've, that's how we do things. That, uh, tomatoes. No one's got more tomato varieties, organic, non-GMO vegetables in the area than we do. That's our, that's kind of our thing because it takes a gardener to really have that selection that grows here. So there's certain things that do well. Edible plants are one of those. So fruiting trees is another one. Fruiting uh, vines. And I would go so far as some of the shrubs like blueberries. We just had a whole load of blueberries, strawberries. What other edible plants? There, there's, there's a bunch, there's bunches of them. Here's the lowdown on edibles. If you want something to fruit, and it may not be that you want to eat it. Let's say like the lower uh, grapes on my property, I have a blackberry down there for, or just for the birds. I leave them. I purposely don't pick them. So I attract more birds into my yard because we we love butterflies and birds. That's kind of one of our things. And so I, I don't mind them having those. Just leave these up here for me. And so I've got some that are planted just for me and some just for them. And we share pretty well uh, in, in that regard. This is the time you want to put edible things in the ground because the blackberries are dormant. They're starting to leaf out. You see some leaves, raspberries, some leaves. Here's the thing about blackberries and raspberries. Typically, you only need one to really produce well. They don't need pollinators. But there are different varieties or colors or flavors of fruit. So your raspberries, they actually make a black raspberry. There's a gold raspberry. There's a red raspberry that you're traditionally used to. Oh, that gold one is so good. Black raspberries, in my world, it's just, it's just, a, it's just a blackberry, not a raspberry. Sorry, black raspberry just reminds me of a blackberry too much. If I wanted it to be black, I would have blackberries. They are a different flavor and texture. But uh, I also like the varieties that are thornless or less thorny. There's a series of them like Canberry raspberries. It's less thorny. So you can get in there and pick the fruits and not be, look like you've been in a cat fight. Uh, you can go, uh, 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 what's the other one? Uh, black, uh, black satin blackberry. Tremendous producer locally, at least in my gardens. Huge black blackberry. I mean, huge, magnificent. You can get bushels of them. I'll go out and pick a whole basket full of them and have them for dinner and breakfast and and more. Uh, they just produce really well and no thorns on that. It's silky smooth, thus black satin, blackberry that has satin bark on it. Tremendous producer here. 
I, I prefer that one. Now, some of the old timers, your grandparents, they only dreamed of that particular plant. It wasn't available. It's, it's a fairly new introduction. But you can have a thornless raspberry and a thornless uh, blackberry. Blueberries, on the other hand, we do grow blueberries. Now, you Midwestern folks, you know, that Minnesota, Wisconsin's, Illinois, Indiana's, you're famous for your blueberries. What I find here, I've tried growing that in the ground several times, and the ground is just so alkaline. It, the bush turns yellow on me, and no matter how I try to change the chemistry to more acidic, it just gets yellow on me. I find I have the best luck with my blueberries when I grow them in a container with potting soil. The native soil that we have in the mountains with our alkaline water is just, it makes the blueberries struggle. They'll produce, but the berries are smaller. There's less of them. It's off-colored. But if you put them in a good potting soil, like our, our, our water's potting soil, I always put fresh potting soil in my containers every year. I want to have some freshness because that peat moss, which is the main ingredient in a good potting soil, is very acidic, but it also gets used up by the plants each year. So you want to add some freshness or the soil will become used or sterile or just not as vigorous. And so if you've planted in that soil several times, even if you try to pull the the roots out and stuff, still you'll notice it's just not the same as last year. I'm doing all the same stuff, but it's just not producing like it did last year. That's because the soil was used up. The, The vigor, the vitality within that soil, you need to add some freshness. And so our water's potting soil, I made that recipe, oh, probably 15, maybe 20 years ago, a long time ago, for for the mountains, where it holds just enough moisture yet breathes, has just enough uh, peat, peat moss to make it, to correct that pH that so makes it more acidic, and your blueberries will go nuts in that soil. So take a piece of your raised bed or container or something where you can artificially bring in an additional amount of peat moss-based soil additives, and you'll find your blueberries are do exceptionally well. The other ones are the fruit trees. We do grow apples and pears. If I were to, to rate them as far as best production, highest performers, most consistent fruiting, I would say the pears and the apples are the most consistent. Every year you can count on them to produce fruit. That's it. The next one would be probably peaches, probably cherries. Cherries are the next most consistent producer. Then it would be peaches. Then it'd be plums. And then then it would be nectarines and apricots. I'd go in that order. So if you're just starting out, I'm only allowed one tree, I would get an apple or a pear. If you get an orchard and you want, you know, six trees, I, I do it in that order. Plant mainly one or two apples, pears, then a peach, then a, then a cherry, then an apricot, nectarine, and you'll find you do well. We also do grow, though, figs. I've got a fig in a container. It's, it's beautiful. Big jade green pot. I've planted a fig, and I want it to, to remind me of Mediterranean garden. So I put creeping thyme over the pot. So it creeps out over the edge of the pot. It keeps the ants out of my figs because figs, they're like every ant in the area will love to eat figs just like you do. Uh, so that, that time repels the ants and then it's also pretty, just looks good together, good companion plants. And lastly, I would say pomegranates. There are some new introductions. You think of that as a desert plant, but there are some varieties that will do 
very well in the mountains of Arizona. So pomegranates down to walnuts, almonds, apples, pears, nectarines, cherries, peaches, and I forgot one, apricots. There you go. Fruiting plants in the mountains of Arizona, all good to be planted right now. You're listening to local garden expert Ken Lane, the owner of Waters Garden Center. He can be found throughout the week at Waters Garden Center, located in Prescott at 1815 Iron Springs Road. Thanks for tuning in to The Mountain Gardener. The colors of spring are bursting at Waters' 61st Spring Open House. A record number of Waters farmers are here showing off their newest, brightest flowers all weekend. Friday, we show off this year's prettiest plant introductions. Saturday and Sunday, it's impromptu garden classes, hot dogs on the barbie, plant giveaways, and drawings. Join the garden fun at Waters Garden Center's 61st Spring Open House, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, March 10th through 12th. 1815 Iron Springs Road in Prescott. We believe you're braver than you believe, stronger than you seem, and smarter than you think. At Waters Garden Center, you've tuned in to The Mountain Gardener with local garden expert Ken Lane. Join him each week as he answers timely garden questions that are sure to make a difference in your gardens. Now welcome your host, Ken Lane. I tell you, there are so many new plants that we held two garden classes this weekend. So one on Friday. So so at three o'clock on Friday, we had uh, new plant introductions. It's just so new colors, new new varieties, new forms, new uh, braided type of fruit trees or cocktail trees or shrubs that you've never seen that color or size. There's all kinds of some are brand new this year, never been seen in the central highlands area before, but they're all hardy for here. That's a lilac. We know lilac does great here, but you've never seen that color white or that color variegated red or, or so we're introducing a lot of new color, lots of new uh, uh, veggies, herbs, uh, new, new varieties coming out that are, that are really robust, pretty. Oh my gosh. We've got a new hardy gardenia. It's beautiful, heavily budded. It's not a bloom yet, but it's an evergreen variety. It's a dwarf, and it's perfect for more shaded areas. So we're introducing that. So that was Friday's class. This Saturday at 9.30, so it's Spring Open House. This weekend, it's Spring Open House, 61st year. Uh, so we're, we're, we're celebrating. And our growers come from the farms, and they hang out here for the weekend. And so you can talk to the guy that just grew that oregano. You could talk to the person that grew that flower, that new native variety of, of plant. We've got some stunning Joshua trees or, or, or yuccas. These are tree type yuccas. They're, they're, they're hardy. At this elevation, they're tough. And so we brought some in just for this thing's ancient. It's got to be at least 20 years, 20 years old. We, we dug it last year, been rooting it out, and now here it is. <laughs> We're introducing this. It's great. The guys that are doing that, they're here this weekend. So I feed them well. I treat them with great respect. But if you want to talk to them, they're here. Uh, this uh, On Sunday, I'm just here hanging out underneath the lower greenhouse, 10 to 2. I'm just talking gardening with customers. If you got something weird happening, you want an idea, um, I, I'm just here answering questions all Sunday long. So that's that's this whole weekend. It's kind of kind of exciting. So I was worried last weekend. I'm going, oh my gosh, we've got our spring open house 
and it's going to be nothing but snow on the snow and wind and cold and and the stars aligned and whoa it it all worked out so it worked out great and so i can't wait so i've taken out uh, some friends to dinner on friday i'm going down to triple creek and we're going down we're taking we're catering from goods to the garden out at the mall uh, they're, they're catering for just friends why we're, we're gonna after close we're just whining and dining and hanging out under the greenhouse and just talking gardening with all of our our inner circle basically it's kind of exciting stuff uh, next weekend we've got another garden class so we're back under the regular schedule yeah so so next Saturday the 18th it's the ideal planting technique now our soils are terrible. And so this is how you garden in caliche, crushed granite, bouldery kind of country. So, so this is this is the, the three-step program on, on how, here's how you plant. And then we'll show off some new, new plant introductions as well because we've got more stuff coming. Um, so every week at this point, more plants come every single week. So it's, it, there's crop rotations. So we'll have, I think, the, the Rosa Sharon's come next week. This week it was Forsythia and Quince and lilac so it's just kind of this rotation that happens every single week at this point and so uh, i appreciate you guys tuning in listening to the show uh throughout the week we love talking to fans of the show we, we love shaking hands and just saying hi talking gardening can elisa lane the mountain gardeners here at waters garden center waters garden companion plants for march are oklahoma redbud mountain heaths Rosemary Creeper, Prescott Pansies, and Fanciful Forsythia. Fanciful Forsythia is a gorgeous spring shrub that explodes with masses of solar yellow flowers, followed by shiny green leaves. Every home should have one for sheer beauty, fall color, and gentle natural care. Shop the brightest spring bloomers in store or online at watersgardencenter.com in Prescott. We believe retirement means more time to garden and plants make you happier at Waters Garden Center. If you enjoy this show and would like to hear more, please subscribe to The Mountain Gardener wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you'd like even more garden tips, tricks, and helpful advice, please check out my website at watersgardencenter.com for classes, videos, and more. Or my online garden center at top10plants.com. Throughout the week, Lisa and I can be found here at Waters Garden Center in Prescott. If you want a more fruitful garden, increase success in your landscape that just feels better, then tune in every week to The Mountain Gardener. Years of tips, tricks, and garden shortcuts are guaranteed to make your gardens nicer than ever. Listen to this podcast or read Ken's weekly garden column by visiting watersgardencenter.com. That's waters with two T's, gardencenter.com. Thanks for tuning in.